The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded March 12, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Private Investigators is an experimental project from Ian Rowley and Parker Thiessen, who are known around their hometown in Edmonton as pioneers within their scene. Thiessen also plays in Zebra Pulse, Soft Irons, and Solo under the name Council, while Rowley makes up half of the much-loved duo Rhythm of Cruelty when he's not working on his solo project called Boothman. More importantly, around the same time Private Investigators was born, the two of them created an experimental label called Pseudo Laboratories whose exciting output is an important documentation of the Prairie's experimental music scene. So, without further ado, Parker Thiessen and Ian Rowley. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. So, we're going to start off by getting to know your voices. Who is who here? My name's Ian. And I'm Parker. Perfect. Okay, now we're calling this an interview with private investigators, but we're actually going to cover a bunch of ground and also gear it just as much towards the label you guys co-run together called Pseudo Laboratories. Um, but before we really get into the brunt of it, uh, how did you guys meet? Hmm, I think it was like through a mutual friend of ours. We had actually like met years and years ago when uh, my first band that I was in called Geister played a show for the Anarchist Book Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, at Ukrainian Hall with Zebra Pulse. Sweet. And at that time, I was like very much not in super into experimental music. I thought Zebra Pulse was super weird. <laughs> like I liked it, but it was just like really bizarre. You were wearing costumes. Or I, I had went to a pirate party that earlier in the evening <laughs> so i was just like at the anarchist book fair randomly dressed like a pirate <laughs> which probably made it a lot weirder <laughs> and i was really drunk uh, yeah i was just like who are these freaks uh but i think like at that time even there was like mutual friends of ours and then i think we'd started going to shows that you were doing like the ramshackle day parade shows yeah as well as like dj nights at the old old bohemia that was at like uh, on 107th ave there was always like really fun parties and i feel like that's how we like became closer friends yeah totally and then i think um we both kind of started getting into synths at around the same time i think and just kind of we're like talking at a party and we're like we should jam sometime Okay, I think you just answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What came first, private investigators or pseudo-laboratories? Did we release a tape the first show? Yeah, we released a tape at the first show, and it was a pseudo-lab tape. Yeah, so so technically oh. the same time. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Which was, yeah, it was like December f- five years ago. Yeah. And yeah, we we I think we had talked about wanting to have a release for the first show to like kind of make it i don't know yeah special or something yeah, exactly. and then yeah and then that just like spawned the label crazy because we had other stuff already kind of in mind to to put out 
the label, speaking of the label, is having a fantastic year with some of the best releases I think you guys have ever put out. But I want to talk about the Uncanny Valley first, which is the new Private Investigators album. Came out this past January. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about how it came together and uh, maybe about how some of the sounds on it were created. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was all made on on just our like our synths, um, synths and pedals is kind of like all not all private investigators ever uses but i mean most of it is just synths and pedals with maybe there's uh, the odd reverb spring or something like yeah, that. yeah there's like yeah it's like mainly just electronics but there's some drum machine a little bit on this album which we don't usually do and yeah, that's true and some some yeah like external like reverb spring kind of i don't know reverb spring <laughs> <laughs> and uh but the uh the whole concept and idea of the album was based around like AI, artificial intelligence. And we were like, we were always talking about it and coming up with like themes and song titles. And really it's a, an accumulation of like three years of recordings kind of condensed okay, into like a cohesive album. Yeah, it kind of felt like every time we would we would jam, we would kind of come up with something that was cool, and we're like, oh, that should be an Uncanny Valley, and it, like, initially was supposed to just be, like, a regular, you know, 30-minute album. Yeah. Um, but it just kept kind of just growing and growing as we didn't put it out and kept recording, and it just kept yeah. being, like, this overall theme that we wanted to continue with until it just was three years later, and we still, <laughs> still were doing it. <laughs> and I think we, as, as it built up to we like wanted to make it a, a a more like i don't know special release like we were like okay let's do a double album let's yeah, do a double yeah. cassette we had some like really outlandish ideas originally with how we wanted to put it out like we wanted to we originally wanted to um dip cassettes in like liquid latex uh, not the cassettes but the cases <laughs> to have it be like skin and the, yeah you'd was, have but, to tear the skin to like open the cassette <laughs> that is awesome we i mean i don't know how you do that though. no that was yeah. the thing though the practicality of it was just like i don't know if this is gonna be work at all like, so. <laughs> um what I love so much about experimental music is that it's definitely open to interpretation. It can mean different things to different people. And you had said that in Uncanny Valley is kind of themed around AI, but I was wondering if you had any sort of specific kind of imagery in your head as you were creating it, as you were trying to build these sounds to kind of put together, you know, this narrative of AI. I mean, for me, I, like Westworld was very much a, a TV show yeah. during that time. And wa like watching that show, it kind of came out after we had already come up with the, the idea that we were doing Uncanny Valley. Um, but just that, that whole image of like humans being robots, but not really knowing. But even like more so, like I always had the image of like, um, like cows being robots and like cows like <laughs> like half in my head like i could you could see like a cow like cut open and you could see it's like robotic insides um which is kind of crazy because they're like i grew up in the on a farm um and i never saw this but this is a thing where people would like there is living cows where they are like cut open and so they're like living but there's like a like a plexiglass screen so they can what? see like the insides of a cow like it's just living but it's just like open that's and I've that's like a, that's like a thing that. that happens and so it's like stuff like that in my head was very <laughs> um 
and like even some of the like song titles like um uh like we we had come up with so many different song titles and a few of them were definitely like agriculture related uh like hardware disease is a thing that cows get okay where they if they swallow nails and things like that it can cause problems and then you have to put these magnets in their body and so like all these images i think <laughs> hardware disease what are the original name for it hey? yeah exactly and it just sounds like so robotic and um so i i think in, that was in my head but yeah. we there aren't things we necessarily talked about i guess image wise yeah i think like when we had decided to come up with um when like we're bouncing ideas off each other and and when we came up with uncanny valley it's like i really love the term uncanny valley yeah it's like meant to describe like the unease you feel like the closer ai gets to being real it's like it still has this weird yeah feeling that kind of makes you uncomfortable and i feel like that and just like you know the kind of like dystopian feel or like idea that these like i don't know machines well, yeah, they probably will start taking over at some point. <laughs> but almost like Uncanny Valley is a place too, like Valley of the Lepers or something. Like there's like this Uncanny Valley where it's like, you know, in like the mountains and you just get over and there's all these like robotic <laughs> creatures. A very literal Uncanny Valley. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a literal place called the Uncanny Valley. Awesome. Uh, you guys both play in a slew of other bands uh, or on your own. I was wondering if you could kind of walk me through your different projects and how they differ from Private Investigators, how you approach the, the songs that you create in those projects. Uh, I do uh, some solo stuff under the name Council, mm -hmm. uh, which also has a new album out. Um, and uh, Zebra Pulse is another band that I'm in. And Soft Ions as well, which is a project with my wife, Jenna. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like I sort of play the same instruments and same setup yeah. in all of the projects at the moment. Um, but definitely like the approach, like Zebra Pulse is the most obvious where it's like 100% improvised. Yeah. Um, not planned out at all. We just kind of go into it. Often we don't even jam, like we haven't jammed in quite like over a year at least. Yeah. And... Um, so that's a that's just like a very like you just you just go for it um with my solo stuff it's a it's it's kind of like a lot more planned i guess it's almost like like it's very like research based in terms of like sounds and samples that i'm finding and then kind of like building building off of those yeah um which is not i think wildly different than private investigators but maybe private investigators is somewhere in between where we kind of each come up with like basics for a song mm -hmm. a lot of times when we when we come into jamming we we uh someone will have like a sequence or like a, a drone kind of thing and we just kind of like riff on that and and jam over each other and mm -hmm. if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't so in a way it is sort like a lot of it is improvised at the beginning and then we kind of dial it down to like how we want but I guess like a lot of the recordings that you end up hearing on the album are just some, some of them are like first take. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think with, with private investigators, a lot of it is like, uh, especially if we're jamming for a show, we'll kind of like come up with a set. And so every show almost is like, I think almost, I think almost every show we've played, we've never played those songs before. Okay. But it is planned out in terms of this is what we want it to sound like. And it's like loose. Like we, yeah. we allow a, you know, a little room there, but, yeah. but it is, we, we have a set planned out, but every show is a new, a new set. 
and it's really funny too in in our like process of of jamming which is also just always recording like we just pretty much record every single time we jam yeah and then the show and we always kind of like analyze it or we like laugh about how like we're like well that didn't sound like anything like how we jammed it <laughs> sometimes in a good way sometimes in like yeah. a whatever kind yeah. of way but i don't know it's like it's like a pretty freeing i don't know we like we can it's it's open-ended enough that we can kind of like let each other go off on our own <laughs> yeah and Ian, you're also in Rhythm of Cruelty. Yeah, with my partner Brandy, um, and I do a solo project called Boothman, mm-hmm. and that's it at the moment. I and, think. And uh, so, like Rhythm of Cruelty, um, how does that sort of differ in the way you approach writing songs? Um, I it differs in that, like, I mean, I think anytime you're gonna play with other people it's going to be different yeah like the the other person's perspective or skills or whatever is going to have a different um feel or different sound and i think rhythm of cruelty is like more we've like sort of dabbled out into experimental stuff but i feel like it's more within a framework of like actually trying to write songs yeah um and then boothman is like i don't know (laughs) like uh like I don't know I don't want to call it like a silly project but I mean uh but it's like it's also like sort of song based when I want to record but live I try to just come up with sets okay um and it's a lot more there's like a, a lot more drum it's all synths but it's like a lot more drum machine yeah um based I guess too cool when you're often doing a lot more syncing between your like yeah, yeah, and like clocks and things like that. Yeah, trying to like sequence all these archaic and new machines together. <laughs> cool. Okay, so now I kind of want to talk about Pseudo Laboratories. Um, you started about five years ago, but I was curious why did you decide to start a label? To put out our own music, I guess. Like, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's sort of like how a lot of yeah things labels start i mean if 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 the late person running the label has a musical project yeah like yeah it's it's a way of just just doing it yourself well it certainly has grown quite a bit since five years ago Mm -hmm. um this year you've already put out i think five five albums and uh, a couple noticeable acts um kelly ruth of civi uh burden out of winnipeg and these are acts that i i'm impressed to to see you guys uh pulling in for your label because like you'd said it always kind of been you know edmonton bands that are somehow you guys knew or associated with so as far as the growth of the label goes, was that something that you've been actively trying to do? I would say, like, yes and no. Like, I think still everyone that we've done a, a tape for, we, like, know either as, like, a good friend or people that we see at shows or or have really, like, admire their work. And know them like we've never done a release for someone that we just don't know oh okay yeah 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 like even uh, like burden um when soft ions played in winnipeg uh with pyramid indigo we played with burden okay and i mean i've known doreen a long time played in a lot of different bands uh that have played with doreen's bands um and so knew that burden was going to be awesome but was just like blown away 
and so so it was just i i think we all it's like at, at this level it's nor it's common to kind of put out music for for people you know or people you have sort of relationships with yeah and it just makes sense uh, that's not to say that we wouldn't put out something for someone we don't know but it just doesn't happen organically kind yeah of. yeah i was just gonna say it. it's just like it feels more natural to just approach people that we really like their work yeah we're really good friends with them and we not that it's like you, you only be a friend like we have to like really like <laughs> we, we want to feel strongly about what we put out definitely yes well it's more of like a community move than a business move maybe like if you're emailing someone that you don't know at all yeah and kind of being like hey i like your music then it feels kind of more like a business transaction like yeah uh maybe whereas with you know putting out friends art or people you know or people you've interacted with it it's kind of a bit more of like building that community nice um okay so why don't we talk a little bit about the the releases that you guys have put out so far this year uh, obviously, we talked about the private investigators' release, but uh, let's talk about who, who else we got. The council release, Static Control, Burden, and Kelly Ruth. Kelly Ruth. And Kelly Ruth, yes. What can you tell me about each of these albums? Yeah, uh, well, Kelly Ruth uh, is, an, is is one that really stands out a lot. Um, she does all her music on Amplified Loom, mm-hmm. um, or Prepared Loom, I guess you could call it. But it's uh, it's just a, like a weaving loom that she uses for weaving. Yeah. And uh, and puts contact mics on it, and puts it through loopers and all sorts of effects and things like that. And it's it's amazing. It's just like, especially watching it live. Like li- listening to it is is awesome, uh, but watching it live is like it's it's wild. That you just like seeing her how she's making all these sounds and just kind of from something you would never you almost think of as being silent. Yeah. Like when I think of a weaving loom, I I barely think of it making sound at all. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that one actually we uh we loved it here at the Cups of Cakes Network. We wrote a little review yeah, for yeah, it, made no, it our pick of the week. Yeah. Head over to our website any point in time, go backtrack the pick of the week and read that review on the Kelly Ruth album. You won't be disappointed. But um so Burden. Now this music's created in a similar but totally different way. Yeah, and so Burden is... Uh, it was originally a three-piece, pe- three and now it's a two-piece uh, from Winnipeg. And they they basically just have, like, the, the piano board, like the guts of a piano. Yeah. It's a, it's a very specific piano, though. I don't I don't know the exact piano, but... Yeah. It's not they, a they grand, sp- like a baby grand? I think it's upright, but I could be wrong. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. But I know I asked, I asked her if... If we could, because we were trying to get her to come here, if if it would help if we had a piano, and I guess there was a specific piano we'd have to get, so oh. like, okay. <laughs> and she was extremely heavy. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just a piano board, but it's the heaviest part of the piano essentially. Yeah, and they run uh, uh, like fishing line or or nylon string uh, yeah. with with like violin rosin on it, mm-hmm. and they just are. Like when you see them doing it, they just, it looks almost like there's nothing at all because you can't see the string, but they're just moving both their hands up and down. And it's just like vibrating just the one string that they're on. And it just creates this like drone. Yeah. And they don't use any effects at all. It's just strictly right from the piano. Really? Like watching them live, it's just a contact mic and a piano. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. And it sounds it sounds like it could be like a thousand pianos in a distance <laughs> or like or just like like someone only sampled one portion of a piano note and just stretched it for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it's wild. And it's it's very beautiful and very heavy at the same time. 
Yeah, it just it's like this really lush, dense drone that you think, you know, like people, you know, spend all this money on <laughs> gear, electronic gear, <laughs> effects and everything and it's just like just strings, you know. Yeah. It's wild. I really I was Parker Parker uh kind of like facilitated this release from knowing Doreen and playing with her or playing with them. But I was like eagerly anticipating hearing it and was still so blown away when I when I heard the recordings. I think I listened to them like oh yeah just over and over when nice. I first got yeah. the got the track. So No, yeah, it sounds it sounds really great. Um and then Static Control. Yeah, uh Static Control, which is Brandy, mm-hmm. who also plays in Rhythm of Cruelty. And we've done a couple tapes for her. Um, this one was, so she did a tape last year on a label, uh, based out of Calgary. I want to say Calgary, but also Nova Scotia. It's like two guys run this label. Okay. Called Otvoid. Yeah. And she did a tape for them last year. And this was from like tracks from the same recording session from that. That uh, I, I mean, I kind of like was like telling Brandy, I was like, these are good tracks. You should <laughs> do something with these songs that you didn't put on the other tape. And, uh, and that's what uh, A Solemn Shadow is. Cool. So, yeah. And then the, the other one is the Council, Council album. Yeah, it's called Holy Man. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, it's a bit about kind of religious upbringings and just the... Uh, just a, kind of about that and then also um it's a lot more like meditative maybe than uh than a lot of stuff i've done before yeah um although ambient music for bass <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe more meditative uh but uh and it, it, i guess no noteworthy things is that it's kind of the first time i've used vocals in any uh any of my solo projects yeah so that's that's something new um and uh yeah putting myself out there nice <laughs> i it's a, it's a great great record i think everything you. that you guys have put out this year i i've actually been blown away uh by by the output so far which brings me to my what next question like what's next what what do i get to look forward to next yeah uh we've got a new one from uh owen strasky who's uh in he's uh, in zebra pulse and he's done a lot of solo stuff before but i don't think he's ever like uh like i had an actual like physical release or like a proper album okay um so it's under the name oas okay and it's it's hard to describe what it sounds like even like it's yeah he was sort of loosely sending emailing me and parker just like a track here and there or like another version of a track yeah and we're like, oh, this is cool. And then all of a sudden just sent us like a whole album. <laughs> and it was incredible. It's great. It's really, really good. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it is a tough one to describe. Like, it's like, there's, I mean, it's essentially like a synth album, but it's, it's out there. <laughs> cool. It's, it sounds like a, like, like a melted pop record or something, but like, <laughs> But not in the way that, like, I feel like people would use that often. Like, that would still mean, like, a pop record. Like, it's very far from a pop album. But it's, yeah, it's just crazy. It's, like, catchy. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's... It's fried, certainly. Yeah, it's fried. <laughs> it's, like, outsider art and all these, yeah. It's it's 
it's awesome Sweet. very excited about it and it's something i know owen uh has been wanting to do for a long time and and been working on for a long time and and really like kind of focusing on that a lot so it's it's cool to see that cool. happening um any other releases oh and then there's um any we can talk about i guess <laughs> Well, we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all going to happen. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, new, another Private Investigators album, uh, which is half live, half studio versions of the tracks that were played live. Okay. And that was live at Listen. Like, we we uh, played a show with Kay Burwash and Magnetic Ring um, May of last year. Yeah. And Chris recorded the uh, show, like the whole, all the sets. Yeah. We like the recording. It's pretty murky, but it like, it's, I like it. Like it sounds good. And then paired with the studio versions of it, I think it's like a neat, a neat uh, little release. That's very cool to actually get to see what the studio tracks actually translate to yeah. when you play them live. And I, and like I was saying before how we always have a, a, after we play live we're like oh that went a certain way yeah 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 so it's like it's like a it'll be like i guess a physical representation of that that's really cool you can really notice it in that one Mm -hmm. um soft ions is working on on something else as well so i'm not sure exactly when maybe like june or something like that cool um but i got i'm plugging away at new boothman stuff nice i actually was i think originally gonna have something for a show that i just played (laughs) but i've been i don't know yeah not productive enough to finish (laughs) it's still in the works exactly still in the works it's not perfect yet it's coming out this year sometime Okay, well, uh, that's all I got for the kind of quote-unquote important questions. But uh, I don't know. Depending on how you look at it, the rapid fire might be might be more important oh, to yeah. some of our listeners out there. So we're just going to jump right in. Uh, my first question, what album sparked your love of music? Uh, well, I, I, I don't really know how to say, but... Uh, Mariah Carey Fantasy nice. was one of the first yes. CDs I ever bought. Uh, so there, I could say Own that, it. I guess. Own it. Yeah. I'll give you a chance to say something cooler in a second. Uh, I, like, I grew up skateboarding. I started skateboarding when I was, like, really young. Yeah. I basically, like, wanted to hear all the music that was in skate videos. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of misfits in... Uh, old skate videos that I liked, and that was like one of the groups that I really like latched onto. Nice. What album got you into experimental music or performance? I guess. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's an album necessarily. I would say um, uh, live seeing Holtzkopf. Yeah. Uh, who's like uh, one of the, er, I guess, earlier of, of my generation anyway of uh, noise and experimental musicians in Edmonton. Uh, saw Holtzkopf play with Red Medicine, who is uh, Eamon McGrath, yeah, and Taylor Shear, and they, I would, I just remember seeing both those bands, and I was with Owen at the time, and we were just like, holy shit, this is like, this is incredible. Um, but in terms of albums, like I guess it's not technically an experimental album, but Kid Koala, yeah, um, was one of like kind of put me down that path of experimental music. I guess he's wild, yeah. Uh, for me, I guess it's. I would say like it's more like a group 
but it's throbbing gristle. Okay. Which yeah. I like came through in a funny way. Like I had a cramps DVD of them playing in this uh, mental hospital, and it was done by Target Video, which put out a slew of crazy like late seventies, early eighties kind of Bay Area stuff. Yeah. And on the DVD, there was like a sampler of like of the other stuff that they've done, and there was like a throbbing gristle live thing. And I was like, this is not like music I listen to, but it's really weird, and I like it. So I would say that. Sweet. What's your current musical obsession? Uh, well, I guess just today, Rakta, which is a bel- album or a band that Ian showed me a long time ago. They just kind of put out a new single. Okay. Today, um, stoked on it. So good answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's something from today. Uh, I would say like the last year as I've become obsessed with this group called German army. Okay. Who I, they've been around for like, I don't know, not even 10 years, but have put out like 80 releases. Oh my goodness. They put out like 10 releases a year. It's kind of (laughs) silly, but I really like the kind of, sound or like vibe they go for yeah it's like really really like murky lo-fi yeah experimental industrial ambient kind of all over the place cool burgers or pizza burgers burgers veggie burger (laughs) coffee or tea coffee Ah, coffee how do you take it with cream almond milk (laughs) alcohol or marijuana why not both both is acceptable. <laughs> Both. <laughs> What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? Uh, Play a good set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one time in Saskatoon, I mean, this doesn't really happen to me, but it's it's funny. Uh, one time playing a show in Saskatoon with Krang, and uh, there was this guy who was just like hugging the monitor, like he was up up front. Uh, and he was just like hugging a monitor and he was in like the full like wool sweater in summer <laughs> and just hugging this monitor. And I had a smoke machine right next to me and I just like picked it up and like held it like a foot from his face and just like blasted him with it like <laughs> for like a minute, like as long as it would go, I blasted him. And then I, I thought it was really funny, but then I got off stage and I felt kind of bad and I like went over to him and I was like, Hey man, sorry, I shouldn't have like blasted you in the face like that. I just, you know, in all the excitement and he's like, don't apologize. I love smoke. <laughs> That is a great thing. That is. That, that. I'm pretty sure that guy is in the switching yard too, or was. Okay. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> and that's amazing. <laughs> What's the strangest job you've ever had? For Booth. <laughs> Booth. I still work there. Um, I worked at the pick and pull way oh, in the yeah. West End for a while. Nice. That was pretty weird. Back when it was pick apart. Uh, it was called the pick and pull still, still I think. Okay. But maybe it was okay. called pick apart. I don't know. Pick apart was like fifteen to twenty years ago. Maybe twenty years ago they yeah. changed the name or something. Yeah, it was definitely pick and pull then. Okay. Uh, how many pets do you have, and what are their names? I have two cats, uh, Junior and Feist. I also have two cats. Monty and Phaedra. Beatles or the Stones? Stones. Probably Stones. Although late Beatles is good too. I don't know. Stones, probably Stones overall though. Okay. What was your favorite childhood toy? He Man's Castle. Nice. 
G.I. Joe's. What's your biggest pet peeve? I think it's when people, uh, like people always, uh, being an electronic musician, people always want to know what gear you're yeah. using, which isn't a pet peeve of mine, Yeah. but it is a pet peeve of mine when they're more interested in the gear than like talking to you. Like they'll wait till you leave your gear and then they'll go look at it. <laughs> and it's kind of like, if you're going to do that, you got to, you got to say hi at least. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I love gear too, so I'm willing to talk about it, but yeah. there's always like someone leering in there. My biggest pet peeve is like uh, the opposite of punctuality, I guess. Like, what would you call that? Like, oh, people yeah. tardiness? Are, people who are just like, uh, you know, on their own clock. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Well, we're, we weren't talking about specific to shows, were we? I just no, went, no, I just life. went off in totally, life. In life. Totally I life, see. yeah. That well, was a good one, though, Parker. Yeah, we're I'll we're take keeping it. that. I'll we're keep keeping it. that. Give me one of your bucket list items. I'm not like a big bucket lister, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> to have a bucket list. I'm like, oh, go platinum. Oh, no. I, <laughs> no. Uh, I just, I mean, honestly, I didn't think I'd do half of the stuff I've done. So I'm like, I'm always like, oh, shit. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> and it's not, none of it's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to. I don't. Maybe I'm not a bucket list guy either. Like travel more, I guess. I like traveling. Yeah. Nice. Fair enough. We'll move on. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot anymore, there, Ian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? I I don't think I would unless it like happened organically. Yeah. 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 Like the thought of like thinking about who my favorite like Nick Cave is like a huge. Like, I'm a, a huge fan, but yeah. I feel like hanging out with Nick Cave would really be a great way to make me not like Nick Cave anymore. Yes. <laughs> I think, like, I mean, when it comes down to it, everyone are, everyone's just people. Like, everyone's just a person. So, maybe, but, yeah, like Parker said, like, if it happened in a natural way, which is almost impossible now to totally. meet people natural. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, no. <laughs> well, and like every every time I watch a documentary about a musician I like, I walk away liking that musician like a little bit less. Yes. And that that is a good point. Yeah. And so I'm always like I'm not going to watch these documentaries about musicians like yeah. that I'm really into cuz I'll stop liking them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got one last question and it's really fitting for the uh, private investigators album that you just put out. If you just found out you were the last person on earth, What's the first thing you'd do? I would definitely get naked. Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess that's... In, in guess Edmonton, that's, though? Like, well, I mean, it's summer. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, want you indoors, yeah. I'd yeah. probably, like... If I'm in Edmonton, yeah, I'd probably go West Ed and just run naked. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know. I, like... It's stuff I've never thought of, but you know the show Last Man, Last Man on Earth? Yes. How he just, like, gets all these, like, super famous paintings and just, like... Yeah. Like, that. that is awesome to me, and I, like, wouldn't have thought of that, but that's that's brilliant. Like, just getting all this stuff that you could never touch in real life. Yeah. Maybe I would trash, like, a fancy building or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd feel pretty... That's pretty, or something. pretty punk rock yeah. of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on Inside the Art Studio. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. And the way I usually end this is with a track uh, from your album. So did, we talked about a couple of Private Investigators tracks. I think we, we settled on Shared Deception. Is that correct? Yes. I believe so. That's believe good. So. Let's do it. All right. Enjoy.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from private investigators. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.